Welcome. To Arcade Audio. episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Seated next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. My head hurts. Can I go to the nurse? What's that a reference to? What movie is that a reference to? But I replaced a word with another word. Quickly. Don't. This dead air here. Come on. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. think out loud? I'm trying to think. 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 I never mind. Never mind. You're quiet about thinking. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. It's clueless. You knew it the whole fucking time. I know. I knew it the whole time. I was just fucking with you. Always. Always. Great. It's been a little while since we recorded. It's. Were you just? What was that? Was just. Does your no, head say, legitimately Oh, my head, hurt? my head's throbbing. My head's oh. killing me. Oh. I've had a very stressful day. Do you want an ice day. pack? A stressful week, a difficult week. Um, I'm, it's Monday. I'm, I'm doing this like Dustin Hoffman does Rain Man. Um, Wrong movie, dude. I'm aware. If we draw a Rain Man now, that's some Rain Man type shit, though, at the end of the podcast. I think everybody knows that you're an idiot when it comes to movies. Oh, did I miss a word there? I meant no. idiot savant. I thought you were going to say a much more offensive word. It's like, did I mean idiot? I meant, and then the word you didn't say. Yeah, it's uh, November 29th, 2021. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded because Thanksgiving time for us is incredibly hectic, as you can tell by probably the first 15 to 20 minutes of the episode, just catching you up on our lives as if you gave a shit. Um, If you're new here, uh, after we catch you up on our lives and what goes on in our world, we talk about a random movie. From our massive movie collection, our ever-growing movie collection, despite Black Friday's best efforts, here's a fuck you of the week on a different podcast. Why Uh, are you? uh, Because I'm angry, in general, about life. Um, I get that everyone's going digital. And everyone's going streaming. Not everyone. Not everyone. Not this guy right here. Because when in doubt, if I want to watch All the President's Men, I know I have a physical copy. That I got from Blockbuster when they closed. Because <laughs> physical media is dying. But I still have it. So fuck them. Um, We're going to bring back the movie rental I would business. love to. I, hey, someday. You never know. It could come back. It re- fucking vinyl is back. So why can't DVDs come back? Um, hey, when Taylor Swift uh, releases her short f- film all too well on DVD and, and blue. I had to get one in. I had to get one in. That's it. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I had to do. Just had to get one in. She's a, she's a national treasure. I love her. Uh, you, you're starting to slowly convert me. Don't get me anything of hers. I won't use it. Um, I'm getting you a cardigan. I don't fuck it. That's been all for this week. Um, episode of all, RJ all, Hates. All, all the DVD sections in stores, to get back on track somehow, Get are shrinking. Shrinking to one 
corner of an aisle. Uh, like a row, essentially. No, like in Target now, it's like they have like the one front half. thing. No, and then back like, by the toys, they have just that one end cap yeah. that's like full of all of the same so movies. When I go Black Friday shopping, I normally only worry about getting movies because and, it's and a great video deal. games. Because yeah. it's a great deal. Yeah, because they're because and knife games sets. are always games are always half off. Typically get our knife sets. And movies are, you know, they're usually twenty to twenty five dollars and on Black Friday they're five or ten, depending on how new and whatnot they are. And the knife sets are really fantastic. Starting to get what she was saying. Um they I gotta get two and now it's rule three, I gotta get another one in front of the podcast. I'm sure you will. (laughs) This year they just refused. To have any, Walmart like staggers their Black Friday, nothing's open on Thanksgiving, which is good, but even on like Black Friday itself, or online, Target has re-ran, Target has re-ran their deals of buy two, get one, um, so I still got like most of the movies that I wanted, um, that will be featured on this podcast eventually, but, um, it ultimately was not as successful and as fruitful of a Black Friday as I would like it to be, so that's fine. Uh, what was successful and fruitful was everything else surrounding the the past couple weeks. It's me playing with this. Uh, playing Why with are this you box. doing that? You freaking me out. I a fucking rat. No. Yes, my... I thought there was a rat. No. We just brought the Christmas tree, and I thought there may have been a rat in it. No, it's just my foot in the box. It's just my foot in a box. Um, but it's kind of like a foot in the box. Um... <laughs> Man, I am not in the right frame of mind to fucking do this podcast today. We had Jillian's fifth birthday, which was a rousing success. Can't believe she's five. She's five years old. We had a lot of fun. We took her to the circus. Um, I took her to a movie, which we're going to get to because we have to discuss five movies we've seen what? since the last time we recorded. So That's we've been, a record. Yes. In a while. Busy. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of good food. We went to the we played outside. We had the families here. We did hibachi. The whole nine yards. It was a blast. Uh, it was very stressful, just like cooking Thanksgiving dinner was later uh, stressful. But Jillian was great. She she watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade for the first and time. She loved it. She absolutely loved we it. We tried to watch the dog show. Didn't get through it. Well, they're all ugly dogs, and we're done. Um... It was it was it was wonderful, and now we're uh, calmed down, back to work. Uh, we have a, a big vacation, quote unquote, coming up next week, where we're going to be in town, but doing a lot of things again for Jillian for for the upcoming holidays, and prepping for the Christmas season. As we're recording this, somehow it is already the second day of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah! And uh, it is like twenty six days till Christmas. And it's like, what's going on? I honestly feel like. It just became 2021. Like, I feel like we just finished talking about what a shitty year 2020 was. Yeah. And now 2021 is over. Although, every time, like, we have this conversation, it goes in waves. So, earlier when I was on, like, Yahoo, just catching up on news, there was a report about, like, oh, Tiger Woods is feeling better after his accident. And, like, he'll never play, like, golf, like, on a regular schedule. But, like, he can play certain events every now and then. I'm like, yeah, his accident in February. I'm like, didn't he get in a car accident, like, nine years ago? Like, it's, like, certain things, it feels like forever, but yes. if you condense the year into, like, Absolutely. one thing. yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. like. Some things feel like they happened yesterday, yeah. and some feel things feel like they happened 500 years ago. Yes. It, there's no rhyme or reason yeah. to the time lapse that has happened mm-hmm. since. It feels like we have a one-year-old, but it also feels like the best picture Oscar winner is, like, 
of Slumdog Millionaire. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's there's crazy. no, there's it's, no, it's so crazy. It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. I can't believe it that this year's almost over. It's like insane to think about, but looking uh, forward to it. I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have had a really rough time the last two years. We've had our ups and downs, but I'm hoping that we're up on the, the up and up. Yes. The up and up 2022. Mm-hmm. We're also on the up and up with our movie watching pattern. So this is the busy season for, I, mm-hmm. you know, just the holiday movies that come out. It's everything that was kind of delayed is starting to you know roll its way out finally. The Oscar season's upon us, and also I'm a good dad. So I saw five movies. You have seen four. I will discuss. You the didn't movie. say it like that. I saw well because you, you had to work on Jillian's yeah. physical birthday. And I want to do something that. special for her. So I took her and my mother. To go see Clifford the Big Red Dog. Because it was the one movie, kids movie that was out at the right time. And she loves Clifford. I loved Clifford as a kid. And I was just curious as to what was going on in this movie that like randomly got delayed. And like at one point like didn't even have a release date right, after right. it. It was supposed to come out like two weeks later. I was like, is there a scene where like Clifford like does like a white power symbol? Like a <laughs> red power? I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. You can't say uh, that. <laughs> I, I couldn't discern what the reasoning was. Except... <laughs> Maybe there was just controversy about how much butt stuff was in the movie. Uh, Jillian thought it was great. I did not. I thought it was... For everything we gave, like, about Paw Patrol, and I was like, look, it's not for me, but kids enjoyed it. The opposite of Clifford, just because, like, Paw Patrol didn't do anything, like, outwardly bad or offensive. It just played to its audience right. and it's fine. It wasn't like a Clifford like tries to be like, oh, we're going to really get the parents with like these jokes because we got Keenan Thompson for two scenes and David Allen Greer for two scenes and Alex Moffat and fucking, what's his name? Tony Hale. And there's like a lot of fucking people in this movie and they're all just not funny. Oh man. Uh, it's bad. Didn't like it. Uh, hate that I'll probably have to watch it again at some point in my life. Jillian liked it. Um, the other four movies that we watched together, however, I, I think we can all agree, the two of us can agree, that they all were very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Uh, the first one, as we were wrapping Jillian's uh, birthday presents, was uh, we finally off at Disney Plus, watched Shang-Chi. I can't believe that we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, yeah, it's been, we were, we were built up with podcasts. Um, wow. So finally saw Shang-Chi. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I, I did a very, very preemptive list as I was talking about this with, um, with Podfather Rip Camelucci. And I, it almost cracks my overall top ten of Marvel movies after one viewing. Almost. Right. After almost. just one viewing. I, I don't ultimately know if it'll get there because that's like a pretty solid top ten. It has a chance to squeak in a couple I haven't really like rewatched before just off of like, you know, mm-hmm. how I feel. But I, I, I really dug it considering it was the least excited I'd been since Doctor Strange to like watch a Marvel movie just because like I generally just don't give a fuck about like martial arts movies. Um, right, but I think that they did such a great job with it. it. They They really crushed it. I think they had just the right amount of humor. Yeah. It didn't seem like they were trying too hard. I really liked the story, and the acting was really great. Mm-hmm. I just loved it overall. And I'm sure that we will delve deep when we do our uh, Marvel movie MCU watch with Jillian. That she's already asking about because we're gonna go see. We got our tickets for Spider Man this for morning. Spider Man, which I'm so glad you did because they're like. I know it nowhere. was funny. I was I, uh, the branch manager at the office I work at. Uh, we were catching up and talking about Hawkeye, which we've seen the first two episodes for, and I was like, 
not really digging it, you know? And then, like, at one point, she's like, ooh! And she's like, I forgot, it's Spidey Day, or whatever the fuck they're calling. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And she was, like, like trying to get her tickets. I'm like, I heard it's already filling up. And I'm like, I just got my tickets really easy. Because <laughs> I picked fucking the Regal to go to, because it's, you know... Right, right, and we like to go early in the morning. Yeah, because Jillian, Jillian, you know, it's, it's, it's easier for us. Right, um, but no, yeah. So I dug it, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really great. It was my mom's like favorite. Yeah. that she's seen. She's seen like Guardians and stuff, but well, she thought it was great. Speaking of favorite, my favorite movie of the five that we watched over the past two weeks will be the next movie I will mention. We watched off of Netflix, Tick Tick Boom. That was that was your of the, of the five movies of the we're five discussing. That we saw? Wow. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. See, we have a moratorium on like discussing movies for the podcast. We tend to sometimes also do it for movies that we're not going to discuss, like on, we, on we, the show. What? We do a thing where we're just like, "What'd you think?" And like that, like we'll just be like, yeah, "It was good. It was great." You know, like we don't. But we won't di- delve di- di- into. Also, it. we watched it super late at night, so like we very much watched it and we just passed out afterwards. Yeah. Um. No, I. I mean, that's right. That's right up my fucking alley. I mean, when I got into musical theater. That, As a that, junior and senior of high school, like in the late two thousands or the early the mid two thousands, rent was like the first thing you experienced, yeah, and the first thing you get any background into. Um, but not knowing like the background of Jonathan Larson, besides the fact that like honestly, when you're a 15, 16, 17 year old kid just getting into it, you honestly just think, okay, Jonathan Larson probably died of AIDS or died of you know some kind of cancer or some kind of disease. Based on like the lifestyle and it's tragic. No, like it's even more tragic in that he was just misdiagnosed with something and struggled so much to get to even accomplish what he did do. And he didn't even get to see it. No, didn't even. And that's what makes it so like, well, you're crying already. Um, So yeah, so I loved it. I am already, one of the movies we did not watch already, that will be watched hopefully by the next time you record, is King Richard. And I'm already not looking forward to it because. I'm going to have to really, really grit my teeth on how much Will Smith has already won the Oscar because I refuse to believe he's better than Andrew Garfield in this movie. Andrew Garfield is fucking stunning in this movie. Oh, my he gosh. He is... What, what uh, episode is The Amazing Spider-Man? The first one? Like, 10 or 11? Go back, listen to 10 or 11. He's not a good Spider-Man. Listen to Mullet's thoughts on Andrew Garfield. He's not a good Spider-Man. Uh, I'm sorry, he's not a good Peter Parker. He's an okay Spider-Man. Uh, I think that tracks. I don't even fucking know what this. It's not gonna matter in three weeks. <laughs> Spoiler: It's not gonna probably matter. No, this movie was great. Lin Manuel Miranda has an amazing future as a director. I thought it was well directed. The songs fucked. I was over the moon about it. I, yeah, I yeah. I agree. I thought it was fantastic. I I thought he did an amazing job, and to see like the juxtaposition with like the real like clips of Jonathan Larson and stuff, I thought it was a really great no. representation. And then to find out that, like, Andrew Garfield didn't sing before this movie and stuff, no. like, he's so talented, and I think that you just felt, like, you just felt it. And I think mm-hmm. that was that was really cool. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Rent's one of my favorite musicals. Um, and I just love, love what they did with, like, the casting. Like, they included, like, the original cast members and some of the roles and stuff. I thought that was... Really cool. Oh, there's the the whole Sunday sequence oh, is yeah. like a is like drama theater Broadway yeah, nerds yeah, yeah. wet fucking dream. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, like if you research it, like everything. Yeah, that's I in, think. It's, it's I mean, incredible. I just think that stuff like that was was awesome. And yeah, um, yeah Limo Miranda is 
So that was awesome, which Amazing. leads right into, uh, we did a, a double feature yesterday from when I'm recording this at Disney Springs. We're like at Disney Springs for like 13 hours. So two movies with uh. Jillian. The first one in the morning was Encanto, which... I loved. It was great. It was great. Uh, I cried. I cried, I cried in both these movies today. Uh, oh, yesterday that we watched. I cried. Uh, yeah. yeah. Again, went in with lower expectations. Because um, I'm starting to find that a lot of like the modern Disney animation studio movies, to me, kind of follow like a similar template. They're like lower stakes, if that makes sense. Like, it's very modern that like we can't have a bad guy. And like we can't like, like kill him off. We can't do certain things. Like... It's so different, and I, I get, the, like, the meaning and the mindset behind it, but at a certain point, it gets a little, like, redundant and well, wouldn't you unrealistic. Say, but wouldn't you say the opposite is no. true? Well, I think also because... With the, the formulaic villain and... But they were never really formulaic because all the villains had, were also, they were also based off, like, literary things. Well, yes, I'm But aware. also, they, they were also just always the most interesting and most badass part of the movie. I'm aware. Because of the voice actor and the design, whatever. But uh, was pleasantly surprised with this. Again, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Lin-Manuel Miranda, that basically should be it. Lin-Manuel Miranda music. Um, great I mean, voice cast, amazing visuals. I mean, yeah. Funny. Yeah, it was, it was I great. mean, it was a great voice cast. Yeah. Stephanie. Stephanie Beatrice. She's having a year. She's awesome. She's having. She's awesome. She's great. She's fantastic. She, Fine. A lot of range. Yes. And then especially, finally. Yeah. And especially considering, yeah, what she's on Brooklyn what, what, Nine-Nine. And, yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine versus like real life alone. Yeah. Finally, we watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Per the recommendation of... Podfather. Podfather Rich Kimmelich. You can listen to, discuss that finally in the season three finale of uh, his podcast on the Arcade Audio Network. With Nick Lathan, they first tackled uh, the Halloween series with Welcome to Haddonfield. Then they did Quarter Model of a Time with Fast and Furious. And now they just did Ready to Believe You, a Ghostbusters podcast. And it was all building up to finally watching this. I uh, listened to that. finally was able to listen to that podcast today um, when I was at work because I watched the movie. And I agree with him. I was pleasantly surprised. It was a dang fun time. Heavy, heavy spoilers I won't get into, but right. to me, it handled things as well as it could have, because it could have been so much worse. Um, and it makes me excited for the future of the franchise. It, it was a good, fun time. It was a, a lot of nitpicks. Yeah. yeah. A lot of nitpicks, but was still a, a, a fun time at the movies, which yeah. is what Ghostbusters should be. And I can always say that I was able to sit in a movie theater and watch Ghostbusters with my child. So that's just a cool experience to me. That's Aww. just That's just neat. Not the day that she gets to watch. I'm not looking forward to her watching the Batman with me. I probably can't even take her to the Batman. Um, but the day I can take her to a Batman movie, I'm probably just going to be a weeping mess. Um, but this next one looks like dark, and it's got Robert Pattinson in it. And that's, I should do that movie podcast with somebody. Not you. No, uh, yeah, please don't. <laughs> no, I meant like, like watch all the Batman movies like leading up. There's like 60 of them if yeah, I count the animated don't. ones. Yeah, please don't. Uh, I was like cataloging, like the like fixing the, the movies after like we bought all the DVDs and I bought a couple of the new uh, Batman animated movies that were on sale. I was like, God damn, we got to draw one of these soon because we got so many Batman animated movies. That's just going to be if this podcast turned into at some point. I haven't seen like any of them. Maybe we'll draw one today. Uh... But that's been our recap, so I'll have to put something in the description of the episode to jump ahead 20 minutes if you just want to hear about all the President's Men. Oh, but if man. you're listening to us, fuck you. That's our lives, and that's our current movie reviews. There's going to be a lot more of it coming up. Like I said, we got King Richard we want to watch. Um, we already got our tickets for Spider-Man. 
Uh, also, I we are supposed to be watching Jungle Cruise, as we mentioned on the episode with Matt White and Carly Alicia. Uh, I've heard glowing things about 8-Bit Christmas as a modern 80s kid, a Christmas story okay. on HBO Max. Uh, I'm supposed to see House of Gucci in a couple weeks, which will be, I'll probably need another 20 minutes on at that point. So a lot, a lot of good things. That's not even scratching the surface of the, of the Oscar films that are on the precipice of being released, like Power of the Dog and Licorice Pizza and uh, Belfast is already out. We'll, we'll get into all those at a later date. But Oscar movie, maybe one of the most uh, famous uh, snubs in Oscar history, uh, All the President's Men, which was defeated by Rocky in uh, 1974, I believe is the year that this movie came out. Uh, it was our random movie, 1976, sorry, 74 is when the whole shebang bang happened. I will read the box off of my phone, because the box I have for All the President's Men is the special edition two-disc that I acquired from the blockbuster video on 3416 Southwest Archer Road in Gainesville, Florida, as it says on the package That's itself. That's ridiculous. So I will read the package off my phone. Redford, Hoffman, All the President's Men, the most devastating detective story of this century. An extremely exciting detective story, says David Shipman, Cinema, The First Hundred Years. And it says 100, not 100. In the Watergate building, lights go on and four burglars are caught in the act. That night triggered revelations that drove a U.S. president from office. Washington reporters Bob Woodward, Robert Redford, and Carl Bernstein, Dustin Hoffman, grabbed the story and stayed with it through doubts, denials, discouragement. All the President's Men is their story. It's a weird, like, there's only in there. Directed by Alan J. Pakula and based on the Woodward Bernstein book, the film won four 1976 Academy Awards. Best Supporting Actor, Jason Robards. Adaption, Screenplay. Art Direction, and Sound. Who the fuck wrote this? It also explores a working newspaper where the mission is to get the story and get it right. Every time there was going to be like an and or a the or yeah, something else. Yeah, I was... feel like there was and you just no, messed here, up. No, here, read it. Read it for yourself. Let me see. Read the, every list is odd. That needed a fucking editor. <laughs> that needed the Washington Post to work on. See? I got it right. Hmm. You did. that, But that is poorly written. Yeah. <laughs> that is poorly Woodward written. Woodward and Bernstein didn't work on this. Gonna so, give you point off just for that. So I can't remember if we discussed it last week when we drew it, but you have seen this movie before. Uh, before we started this, this uh, wouldn't have been able to tell you that. Before we started this, um, the the show, the show, we were gonna watch all of our movies in uh, alphabetical order. <laughs> when we had one tower and not three going on four. That no, it wasn't four. even this big tower. It was the tiny ass little tower. No, I no, remember. that was no. We I still had one big tower. Not um, in the not at the cockpit when no, we it wasn't the this. cockpit. No, we started. No, that was no. This was the second time. So oh, this is when we time. were in uh, uh, Park Lane. Yeah. So yeah. So the second time we we had tried to watch all of our movies mm-hmm. several times, and the only way we actually made it stick was to we'll actually do, do a podcast. So sorry. <laughs> so this is the third time I've seen this movie. I saw this movie in. Uh, so I have a degree in journalism from the University of Florida that I. Go get it. That I only use on my pod bloggle. <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson is spinning in his grave. <laughs> if he had a grave, he was <laughs> he was shot into the space by Johnny Depp. <laughs> so he's spinning in space. Uh, 
Actually, no, that's the kind of thing he'd write. Yeah. Uh, but this is like a rite of passage movie. Like, you watch All the President's Men. You watch, uh, or you don't necessarily watch, but you learn about Hunter S. Thompson. You learn about uh, fucking Tom Wolfe. Like, all, like, yeah, the, yeah. The, you know. Uh, this is one of the rare ones I actually have, like, I'm going to say, like, full knowledge of, and that I also read the book. So after I saw the movie, and we t- covered it, freshman or sophomore year uh i would make it a point of i would try to read as much during christmas break just like i like to read on airplanes i would read on like you know the airplane in ohio or if fucking god forbid the car ride to ohio so that's when i read in cold blood that's when i read uh all the president's men Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. the intent was when we did munich i was going to read vengeance even though it's not a journalism movie um or journalism book so yeah so read the book seen the movie twice Absolutely love it, but it's for me. Like yeah, yeah. I, 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 you are definitely the target audience. I watch this movie and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> uh, of course, like just the attitude and the dialogue of everybody. Like it's just the style. Like I was born. I should have been a journalist in the '50s through the '70s, just in a fucking room with shitty typewriters, billowed with smoke, cigarettes, and it's just. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. It's just me and a bunch of white dudes <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> it's perfect. No, that, that, that's I'm kidding. what it was. Uh, no, I'm, but I was saying it like that's what I would want. I would oh, be yeah, fucking no, no. deplorable. No, that that's the uh, and environment. Just, like, so there's one scene before I, I I give you my big question to start. Like the very every phone call in this movie is like my favorite scene. Every phone call is just perfection, and I absolutely love it. But the first string of Woodward calls as mm. he's like going like mm-hmm. just breaking the story, um, and he gets like. I forget which person it is because it's hard to keep all these fucking long, weird, white fucking names. Even back in the 70s, they had them. It's not Ansel Elgort and Taron Edgerton. It's Kenneth Dahlberg and fucking uh, Hugh Sloan. But uh, the guy who's like, good God, when he like, Woodward poses the question of like, oh, can you tell me why your name or this check was found here? Um, he's like scribbling his notes and he's drawing things over his notes. I'm like, that's me. That's what I wanted to do with my life. That's what you still do. I so still like, yeah. If you see me with a piece of paper yeah. on the phone, I literally would just start drawing like little stupid faces. And I'm not a horrible artist. And like, I'll what? just like, I'll, 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 I'll practice signing my name. I'll practice signing other people's names. You sign my name. Yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll do whatever. Uh, that's, no, just, that's right, just who I am. Right, but just like what he did, like you scribble it, you circle your stuff. Like if you're doing something for a customer, like like you legitimately do that. That's I've how seen I... you work. You stole my pack of post-it notes. That's just journalist notes. So this movie, I, um, it's unabashedly for me, and I absolutely love it. Uh, what did, I, I am going to give you credit. I am proud of you. You only fell asleep a few times. No, like once. It was you. I heard you snoring at least at three different. Intervals. No, that's just how I breathe when it gets late N- like no, that, and you I don't. need an allergy no, you pill. Don't. No, you don't. Your eyes were closed, and your head was on your shoulder. Uh, what did you think? Uh, having <laughs> seen this the second time, only remembering it now 0.75 times. Yeah, I think I fell asleep in different parts the first. Time. Oh, great! So you probably actually got the full experience for once. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, this movie's not for me. It's not, and it drives me crazy. This movie's not for me. Well, so here's the thing. Like, I was a public relations major in school, mm-hmm. right? And I really should have been a teacher because, like, that's something that I was super passionate about. I just went into public relations because I like to talk, and I didn't want to go into journalism because mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to take all of those really tough writing classes. But when I was in 
high school, I took all like a I was I did AP classes. I was in honors and gifted, and I did AP classes. Not like Mullet who did um, IB or whatever. So I did AP classes, and I took AP history, like AP U.S. history, and I don't know how I did so well in that class because I hate history. Like I, not that I hate history. It's just really hard for me to keep everything straight. Mm-hmm. That happens. Oh, this story. Like I said, I've read this book. I've seen this movie. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I just remember G. Gordon Liddy because he was a celebrity at WrestleMania 1. That's about it. God damn it. Okay. I don't need to explain anything <laughs> else. But, um, <laughs> no. So, like, I did really well in the class. And, like, I feel like if I really apply myself, I'd be good at it. But it just gets so confusing mm-hmm. when it covers so much. And it's not like... It covers one day, right? No, it's over the course it's of... It's over the course of six months or so. Uh, so June the, to February. So perhaps my biggest problem has always been with the movie is that it very much covers, I think, the first six to seven months of the investigation, right up until Nixon's re-election. Re- re- yeah. Uh, like, him getting inaugurated for a second term. Right, right. And then the, the, the book covers beginning to end. It's everything. Right, right. So, so you know, it was just... A lot to take in, mm-hmm. especially when it's mostly a talking heads movie. There's not really action. It's just people there, talking at each there's other. There's no action, but there's plenty of it. thrills and suspense because sure. of the uncertainty of what they're reporting, what they're sourcing, right. what they're getting. And then also, at the end, like their lives essentially feeling threatened and uh, fucking Woodward having to you know, jump in two taxis just to meet Deep Throat and, like, go in this parking garage. Like, there's palpable tension there. Right. Like, there's, there's no chases. There's no shootings, you know. Right, right. And it and it does a lot more of, like, talking about things that happen. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot of inside baseball because you have... So the phrase inside baseball means, like, it's all about... I think being, that about sums it up. Like, I think, like, if you have a, to that's use a, a That's phrase, not a journalism term. term. That's uh-huh. like, if that's you a, were at a, as an example, if you were at a, a party with a bunch of banking people, and they started talking about ACH this, and, like, using uh, lingo and terminology, the phrase is called inside baseball, because if you were in a baseball room with a bunch of, like, managers and players, they would speak in a code you probably just wouldn't even understand. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by inside baseball. They're, they're going through, you know... You know, picking the news of the day and how they should handle the story, right, and right. there's so much. Uh, they're purposely talking over one another to make it feel more realistic. So that's like Redford and Hoffman learned each other's lines, so they knew when to cut the other person off. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and like you have all the clacking right, of the right. typewriters and everything. Like right. it's a loud, like, talky movie. Right, but yes, but and that doesn't co- mean that there's no action. That's yeah. not what I meant. But it's you're just... also cover. You're also trying to tackle. Dozens of fucking white dudes and names and exactly a, and, and a very complex cover up. Of a story. Right, yeah. right. It gets very intense and very yes. layered. And it, it's really confusing for the person who isn't interested in journalism and slash or isn't interested in history and slash or doesn't know about mm-hmm. this depth of the... Like, knows that there's a Watergate, doesn't know this depth of the Watergate, yeah. right? So there's a lot of different layers. So, like, this is definitely, like, a very pointed audience... Obviously, you're going to have a lot of people go see it for Robert Radford and, and Dustin Hoffman. Like, mm-hmm. the cast is going to bring in people, but, yeah, it's not my kind of movie. I think I talked about this. 
What? Um, good night and good luck. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. You like Spotlight a little bit more, I which did. is more like the modern one. Right, right. That's just because you're a pervert. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a funny way to. It's a funny thing to say. Uh, I I get it. I get right, it. But it's it not doesn't your mean type I didn't of... appreciate it. I thought the acting was acting is great. great. The it's wonderfully uh, directed and yeah, shot yeah, movie as but well. It There's some been wonderful about... camera work. There's like a, a six minute long take uh, that's just fucking breathtaking. Uh, there's a lot of great decisions in here uh, yeah. with, like, what is and is not kept in to make it feel authentic and real. Sure, sure. Um, but it, they could have been talking about, you know, somebody ding-dong ditching a bunch of houses in a neighborhood, and I would have been just as invested. Like, the subject will hit... The subject was important. The subject was the I, first resignation of a president yes. in the history of our yes, I'm country. Aware. I'm aware. You uncultured oath. Oath. I called you an oath. He broke his oath. And that's why this happened. Uh, I just almost turned into Sylvester the Cat there for about 15 <laughs> seconds. Also, it's impressive on, like, the turnaround time. So you figure this came out in 76. The book came out in 74. So, like, this was, like... Yeah, that's... This, I mean, in Woodward and Bernstein, for a much... I believe... I think I'm getting this right. I believe, to a much lesser extent, Bernstein. But Carl... Uh, uh, Bob Woodward is the one that were just released those two or three Trump books in the past couple of years. He is like probably our most famous investigative journalist. And it's great to see in this movie where yeah. he came from. I think one of my favorite things about the movie is that it, it very early on gives you the background of the writers, but lets you know, they are not the focus, right? They like, you get the one little scene where I believe that's not the one take. Cause I think it does change perspective. Uh, of like Bernstein, like going over and reading Woodward's copy and like changing it and like analyzing it. It does go. They back get their forth. little tiff uh-huh. and like that's it. Like from then on, they're put on the story together. They're called Woodstein for crying out loud throughout like the rest of the movie because they're like inseparable. They're not best friends. They're not enemies. They're not arguing. They're not fighting. They're they not tension. Work well just, together. It's so important because it's not the focus. It shows how important the story is in any other fucking movie. I don't think Spotlight necessarily does as well, but I've only seen Spotlight the one time. Um, it's the story. It's you have famous actors like engulfing themselves in this environment in the story of you know unafraid of lack of dialogue and just holding into the room the silence and the newsroom sounds holding the action and then giving us the tension and being given. And like and them getting the story right after, you know, you think it's going to be about them. No, it's not about them. It's about right. it's about the story and the process. It makes it really stand above for me as an overall film because you very easily could have dramatized it and been like, oh well, now we have a story of Woodward going home and you know, girlfriend and him just can't like get it together. You yeah, know, yeah. like that. That's what a movie nowadays would be. Where like, we need like to connect with these guys more. No, we connect with these guys. Because later on, when they're just hitting brick walls and they're going through these ups and downs of nobody wanting to talk to them, and you see how important this is to them and as to, uh, to the country, like that's how you connect with them because right. that's a human thing of disappointment. You don't need it on another layer. Um, that's a, that's that's a really good point. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. So I I absolutely I absolutely love it in that regard. Um, 
and it just does a great job, like I said, with the like the camera work and the direction of picking up. It's a travesty this loss to uh, Rocky. I mean, Rocky's you know a classic film, but it, that also this is the same year as Taxi Driver for crying out loud. So it's a great year in movies. Like every time the phone is answered, and there's like a look of surprise, and like the like the revelations and certain conversations, just the way like like Robert Redford's like eyes can light up or like he turns his head same thing with uh, Dustin Hoffman even in face-to-face interactions they're so great at showing the twists and turns and how shocking this movie can be mm-hmm. how shocking the story could be I, I, I should say and then on a turn like the agony and frustration that they can feel when you know they're stuck on page 17 or they're having to scramble and fight to even keep doing it Right. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can't speak enough about how much I, I fucking love it. Um, do you have a favorite, a favorite scene or a favorite part of the movie? Um, I, I just really like the interactions with like, um, with the boss with um. Uh, ben Bradley. Don't it, now. Don't fuck it up. No, the other. Oh, uh, the in between. Jack Warden is the. Yeah. Is, uh, I don't remember the character name, but Jack Warden, who um, we've covered on the podcast, on the podcast many times, he was in Twelve Angry Men. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's the uh, his last film role was The Replacements. Yes, I'm aware. He's the owner of The Replacements. Jack Warden's awesome. Harry Harry Rosenfeld. Yes, uh, I he's think, awesome. Yeah, I think just like that go between, like just all that, and I I mean I think it's I know that it's like a man's. War. Field, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Back you, then, absolutely. Back then, especially. And it still we, should be. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and we talked about it when we did, um, what was the movie that we did at the beginning of the year? Maybe His Girl Friday. Year? His Girl Friday. Um, even then, you know, the, the whole, that movie was centered around a woman breaking into that world. So, um, you know, seeing like, the old boy mentality and like the way they talk to each other was cool. I just liked, I liked all those interactions. Yeah. Um, I liked the phone call, that scene where he's just, Robert Redford's character is just calling, calling, calling. Mm-hmm. I guess the Spanish guy. Spanish scene's a good one. The, the, yeah, I just think like, you know, like they did a good job of like keeping it realistic because like, I know from even being in banking, stuff like that happens. Well, even you know so, what I mean? Like, you're trying to call somebody. One of the later conversations, I believe, where he gets Dahlberg on the phone, um, and it's I think that's the one take. Uh, he oh, ca- yeah. He says the wrong name, and he just plays it off like, sorry, like because it's such a crazy story. That's an actual fucking fuck-up. Like, Redford just messed it up because he was in so such the moment, and it felt so real. That's the take they ultimately went with because... Like, like that it was perfect. Like that's how many times since we left our old job. I answered the phone in the wrong name. Yeah, was a fucking hair on a rat's ass this close to doing it today. Right, and it's been I answered like the phone a year, and I was I I knew I was gonna say the wrong one, and I stopped for a second, thought about it, and said the right one. Yeah, like legit, like it happens. I get yeah. it. Like, but that's something that, like you said, it's super relatable. Absolutely, it's very authentic, and I think that's why this movie did kind of, you know, branch outside its target audience. Like I was trying to make the point earlier, mm-hmm. like you know, more people enjoyed it 
kind of got it that weren't into into it well it was also it was, i mean like i said it came out two years so it was very much in the it, the consciousness of the society sure, right this is like the biggest story of the 70s essentially yeah um and you had two of the biggest stars on the planet in it um so yeah so uh, yeah. of course it, i of love course robert Redford. i think he's fantastic yeah everyone's great he's my, one of my mom's favorite actors my um I, all the phone conversations of, of Woodward are great, but They're of great. course I love every deep throat scene and I've just wanted to always say that on a, on a recorded medium and not have to like explain myself. Um, oh no, you still have to explain yourself. Just kidding. Uh, my boy, Hal Holbrook, Boyd's dad or grandfather. I don't know fucking know how old Boyd Hol- Boy Holbrook would be 60 years old for all I fucking know. He just looks great. <laughs> Hal Holbrook is awesome. Um, the, the most famous like, figure in the story which didn't get revealed until like 2008 even though for a long period of time most people had deduced who it was um all those scenes are just fantastic mm-hmm. uh, i love those sequences they're they're greatly tense they're heavy follow the money wasn't even in isn't even like a, a thing they just came up with that for the movie and it feels so like organic and yeah. natural and like makes sense um I, I love every deep throat scene um Stuff I don't like. Look, do some scenes get a little long and boring? Yeah, they do. Yeah. The bookkeeper sequence I felt was like thirty minutes. Was very long, and its importance I think is a little over over configured because they're trying to show you know through this woman how precarious this is like she wants to talk but she can't really because she's worried about what's going to mean to her life and her future and etc but like and then they go back to her and she wasn't necessarily she wasn't necessarily good very actor. charismatic she's no she, she's apparently a great actress she's multi-time tony uh uh winning she was nominated for an academy award for this role she was nominated for a Best Supporting Actress in this movie. Okay, who, who'd you go up against? What uh, was the competition? Not, I mean, it was... What support, other movies came out this It was year? Supporting Actress in 1974, so not a lot. Right, right, right. So, uh, so they might, okay. They, they might have checked the sex of plants to see if they qualified <laughs> back then. Um, I'll tell you in just a second. I'd be shocked if there was actually somebody that I recognized. Um, let me go to Oscar. Nope, that's just the General Academy Awards. I want to go to that year. Accolades. There we go. <laughs> Oh, that was that section I wanted. All right, be careful going on the Wikipedia, um, the Wikipedia train for Watergate, because goddamn, there's so many fucking pages of it. It's so so complicated. Yeah, I bet. So of course, all the presidents men, like I talked about, uh, was nominated for best picture, lost to Rocky. Also nominated for Taxi Driver and fucking Network. <laughs> what oh a my fucking God. year! Of course, uh, the uh, Adelson won for Rocky as well. Uh, neither Redford or Hoffman were nominated for actor. That's crazy um was a was was a pretty fucking stacked year but still that's crazy uh of course actress neither one so best supporting actor jason robards jason robards won for all the presidents men he beat ned Beatty uh in network lawrence olivier and marathon man the the actor category sick yeah robards for this olivier for marathon man Ned Beatty for network and then both burgess meredith and burt young for rocky burt young for rock i mean that's just crazy Best Supporting Actress, the winner was Beatrice Strait. Oh, we've covered this before. Beatrice Strait, uh, who was in one scene in Network. She was um, William Holden's uh, wife. Okay. 
Your other nominees were Jane Alexander in All the President's Men, uh, Lee Grant in Voyage of the Damned, uh, Piper Laurie uh, in Carrie, so Carrie's mom, and uh, Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver, which probably should have won, but she's like a child. Um, okay. So yeah, so not not a great year for it, but that makes sense. So that, that sequence gets a little long and talky. There's a couple other ones. I tend to find, and this is going to, we can start getting into MVP and LVP because I have a couple other things I discussed before, but I tend to find that the scenes that Hoffman. I was going to say that. Is a part of, for whatever reason. They, they just feel long. They feel longer and they're, they're a little more grating because Hoffman is very much more a a grating, irritable, like... That just, that's the personality. Like, that's yeah, just yeah, the personality. No, I, 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 I didn't mean to be like Yeah, that. I didn't mean it to be his performance, but that's just the characterization, right. and, and it fits the, the juxtapose, juxtapose the way of Redford like the composed, is. composed, like... Yeah. Totally get it. But, like, when he's, going, when he's hitting brick walls, and, like, he ultimately is overcoming them, it just takes longer to happen, and it's just yeah. like, oh, my God, just yeah. fucking get and there. And I think a lot of the times, like, he does this thing where he'll, like... And I, and I know it's, like, a tool in, like, management and in journalism and stuff like that. Like, you ask a question, then you just stop. You just pause. Next so person that, next person to talk loses. Right, right. So I feel like he does, like, he asks a question or he'll ask a series of questions. Then he'll light a cigarette. He'll drink the coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll ask for more coffee. But, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And so then, like, that kind of makes the scene drag out a little bit. But yeah, I felt like the scenes with, that centered around Redford were much tighter. Robert more Redford. A to Z, but that could also be how the script was written. Well, so Redford had a lot more influence. I'm aware. <laughs> on the movie. Right, I know. Uh, Redford was a producer, and I believe he basically had a backdoor writing credit. Yeah, he like rewrote manner. it. Or yeah, something a lot like of people that. rewrote it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Redford's my MVP of the movie. I, I think, think he's I amazing. think Redford, it, he's just the coolest guy in the room. Always. He, and it's hard to be, like, we said the same thing with Newman, so it's funny we, with Newman and Redford both getting MVPs in the same gear as they're I can't wait forever, to sting. forever linked. I don't think they're in both that together. You're thinking of, thinking of Bush Cassidy and Sundance Kid. I'm thinking Bush Cassidy yeah. and Sundance Kid. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, he, nowadays, that would probably be kind of boring to people, but that was just what a man was back then. It was just cool and confident and self-assured, passionate in fleeting moments, but when it is, it's just fucking spot on and perfect. And just the way that he's able to conversate with people and like, it just, it just amazes me. Um, I agree. That said... I was willing to, depending on how you felt, give Jason Robards a real look. Jason Robards is the fucking man in this movie. He is so goddamn... He's just... Powerful? Yeah. And, like... So he's in four... He was like, four big scenes. Yeah. Like, the first time when he comes and looks at the, the article and he kicks his feet up and, like... Crosses kinda, it. I crosses love it that shreds. scene. I love that he scene. He just turns his head and looks at fucking Hoffman and feels like Hoffman's, like, six inches tall. Yeah. I, um, he does a great job with that. his anger later on when, like, the... Uh, when Sloan, fucking Seventh Heaven guy, who is a legitimate piece of shit... Eric Camden uh, is the character name. Yes. I don't uh, know that. Uh, Stephen Collins, I believe. Sure. Um, uh, is, like... Basically, fucked up their their him as a source. Uh, 
Uh, like, he's so angry, but he still, like, has such compassion for the truth and for the story that he's willing to go on the line for these two nobodies, essentially. They're local beat writers. Right. Like, the, the talk to the first scene, how Hoffman was just finished, like, some city council meeting or right, something, right. you know? He, but, like, uh, we're going with the boys. The boys believe in it. We have, we are going with this information. And then that final scene when the stakes are really raised now. It's right. like, they've been told by the second most important person in FBI, CIA, I don't remember which one, where deep it was, um, ultimately. Uh, like, your phones are being tapped. Like, they're looking for you. They are coming to get you. And they go outside in his front yard, and he just tells them, like, we're going to fucking fight this. Let's fucking go. Right. Just make it good. He's make so it worth great it. at it. Ben Bradley is a, is a, a big, looming figure in journalism and uh, famously played after this by Tom Hanks in The Post, who was an MVP there. Uh, Robards crushes it so much uh, yeah, more than Hanks. Yeah, he does so. But if if it wasn't Redford, it, I, I I I still have to I still have to give it to Redford. Yeah, I think that that um, he did an amazing job portraying that character and bringing that like power into the scene. Um, but I don't I don't know if someone else could have done it. But I don't think anyone else could have done. Um, Woodward the way that Robert Redford did, especially playing off of Dustin Hoffman and everyone else and doing it in a way that, you know... Yeah. You still knew he wasn't the focus, like you were saying before. Yeah, it's 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 Redford for me. Robards was a, a solid number two. Hoffman is still good. Like we just discussed, I think Hoffman ultimately suffers from uh, not having a creative influence, possibly. But also just being that more of a, uh, what's the phrase? I'm just like for? a brat, like a mite. Yeah. He's like a little mite. Like that's a just, brash, you know, like he's gonna get there. He also, of. he has one scene uh, with a character I want to get to in a minute where like he's sitting there and he has his hand down his pants the whole scene and it's just like I don't remember that. Like I must have fallen asleep. Uh, maybe uh, he's just. Well, that's like, how sit- people. Yeah, but like it's just so weird to watch. It's just like what the fuck is he sitting there doing? Like I don't do that. Why, who does that? Like this? Yeah. Who does that? It's weird. Mm. <laughs> Get your hand out of there. That's gross. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I noticed that. That's <gasps> weird that you noticed it. Yeah, cool. Because it was another. It's another scene that lingered a little bit too long. Closures looking for anything else going on. Um, LVP. So I have. So none of the other like main principles. So we already talked about Jack Warden. He's great. Hal Holbrook. He's great. The other. The other. Um, news. Uh, newsroom guy, uh, his name's gonna fucking escape me right now. I'll give it just a second. Howard Simons, Martin Balsam, he's also great. Another, I believe he's another 12 Angry Men alumni. Yeah, so you got two 12 Angry Men alumni in this, which also just it means I'm a sucker for it. Uh, so my LVPs, uh, well, actually, there's a, even other people we didn't mention. So Stephen Collins, yeah, he can go fuck himself. Ned Beatty's in this. Meredith Baxter, before she was Meredith Baxter Bernie in a Lifetime movie. F. Murray Abraham is a quick role. A lot of good people. Uh, my three LVPs. One I wrote early just because I was honestly unsure of who was even going to be a choice. And I, he's not who I would go with. Is a guy that played Markham, who was like in the courtroom for the uh, the arraignment that Redford was like like nagging at first. Like oh, thinking, oh, oh, yeah. I just didn't okay. like the cut of that guy's jib. But ultimately okay. I had these two. Um, I mentioned yeah. Jane Alexander as the bookkeeper. I thought she was just very boring, very monotonous. I more so will end up attributing that to 
the length of her scenes versus possibly her performance. My LVP is the guy that played Donald Segretti. Who, oh, I didn't like that guy. That He's just another one of those weird 70s actors. It's like, I have to play weird like this. And make, like, he always is toothy. His mouth is weird. And like every line that he has, you just feel like the ooze coming off of him. It's yeah. just like... Certain actors, I felt like, just had to be that way to show that a guy was, like, a, a, a baddie or was untrustworthy, whereas they didn't give, like, any nuance or, or shwar- uh, what's, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Swarmy. Yeah. Where he just had to... Waspy. Yeah. Um, and that was the scene that Dustin Hoffman had hand his pants as well, which didn't help the scene for me. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, he just totally rubbed me the wrong fucking way. Uh, did you have anybody else that you didn't necessarily like? No, well, we, we already talked about um, Eric Camden, so... I thought he was, I mean, the I, whole time I was like, you're a piece of shit. Um, but yeah. he wasn't bad, necessarily, I in his mean, performance. I mean, yeah, I just, it was fine. Anyone else could have done it, but... Sure. No, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, where is he? Robert Walden is the actor's name. Again, another, another guy who, you know... Worked a long time and had a bunch of uh, nominations for things, uh, Primetime Emmy Award nominations. Ugh. Uh, but for this movie, not for me. Uh, a couple other things I just want to point out as we wrap up talking about the movie here. I really want to go to the Library of Congress. Okay. It should be cool to me. Just, could, just, it's just like the, like the biggest, coolest library in the country, right? Yeah. Where like everything is there. I'm, I ever sure, I like every so. newspaper ever is like at the Library of Congress. I, I don't or some know. Shit. I can't answer that. Ask Ask Dad. Mm-hmm. I will. Uh, um, but we've been wanting to make another trip out to DC. I do. I want. So. I'd love to go to DC. And then when I go, I just realized we have two Roberts here. Both yeah, MVPs. Robert and Robert. Very, yeah. very. <laughs> hashtag Robert so white. Uh, there was a one he, scene where there was a black man in the newsroom, and I was like, "Oh, hey." I, you must have been asleep. It was very, it was very quick. <laughs> he was sitting at the table, like it was part of the. Co- he wasn't speaking. He was at the table though, like uh, with everybody else. Hey, that's good. And he wasn't bringing coffee in or anything, so that was that was sweet. That's good. Um, Progress. There were, there were a couple women, like they're all secretaries, or you know, there was that one reporter, like female reporter, like near the end. Uh, in fact, one of the secretaries who they they try to get who gets the information from the party was in Slapshot with Paul Newman. Uh, she was the LVP of Slapshot. She was the uh, yeah. the girlfriend. The no, that that girl was not a secretary. She was an actual journalist. Oh well, she could have fooled me. No, she <laughs> was. They had the whole scene. They're like, "Oh, you made sure that he knew that you were from the paper and everything." Yeah, I know. I'm just yeah. Fuck you, man. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out was that I was hopeful that you were going to be much more invested in this movie. And perhaps had a little bit more background because we have the Watergate game that you got for me as a present last year. Yeah, because I know you. Not you know me I, very well. Because I would have enjoyed it. What is a fun game no, to play? It is a we fun enjoy game. playing. I, it. I like it. It's like a two player game, I believe, that you can only get it at Barnes and Noble. And one person plays Nixon, the other person plays Wilbur and Bernstein. And the whole point is you try to connect Nixon to all of the Watergate suspects, like. Uh, Sloan. Sloan and Lindemann and... Everybody. Yeah. It's great. No, it's a It's a fun, quick, two-person-only game, so yeah. check it's that out. Yeah, it's got historic value. You learn mm-hmm. a little bit. So, yeah. no, I, I was going to... It wasn't my notes to mention that, but uh, then I got sidetracked. 
but yeah. Do you, do you have any other notes or anything else? No, to nothing discuss else. For all the president's men. No. <sighs> do you? I mean, I could talk to the movie all day. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's a journalism movie. It's I. I will always love journalism movies. I, I cannot wait for the journalism movie that you align with me on just gushing over. I don't know what it would be. Well, what's it going to take for you to fucking love a journalism movie? It to have women in it. Spotlight had women in it. You probably like Spotlight more than you like this movie. Probably. It's Rachel McAdams. Dumbass. She's a great actress. She's not Jack Warden. She's not Bar- Martin Balsam. She's not Jason Robards. Rachel McAdams couldn't hold Jason Robards' jock, mostly because he died 40 years ago. But... He died, like, 20 years ago. Jason Robards? No, Jason Robards died in, like, the early 90s. He died shortly after Parenthood, I believe. Jason Robards died in 2000. Fuck my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just didn't work. He didn't need to work. Ooh, he was married to Lauren Bacall for eight years. Lucky guy. He's one of 24 performers who achieved the triple crown of actors. Let's see what that is. Uh, who won a competitive Academy Award, Emmy, and Tony in acting. Let's see who these people are. Helen Hayes, Thomas Mitchell, Ingrid Bergman, Shirley Booth, Melvin Douglas, Paul Schofield, uh, Jack Albertson, Rita Moreno, Maureen Stapleton, Jason Robards, Jessica Tandy, Jeremy Irons, Anne Bancroft, Vanessa Redgrave, Maggie Smith, Al Pacino, Jeffrey Rush, Ellen Burstyn, Christopher Plummer, Helen Mirren, Francis McDormand, Jessica Lange, Viola Davis, and Glenda Jackson are your, your triple crown winners. Okay. Um, hopefully get some more people on that list. Weird. Hmm, who's, I feel like there should be like more people on that list. Interesting. But until then, score time for all the president's men. Uh, I drew it, so you score first. Oh, man. This is a hard one. I appreciate the value of this movie and how much you love it. Don't 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 raise your score for me. Give it the score that you feel the Zero. movie deserves. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think it's good. I I do think it does get a bit long in the tooth, and it's not broken up really by any score or. It's got a good solid score to it. it but it, we've talked a lot recently about like music being used to further the movie along or break things up and I mm-hmm. don't think that it was done in this movie. Sure. So th- I think that that added to like the long feeling of the scenes and um, we've, we've been on a streak where we've kind of had the same score for a lot of things that we've seen but I don't think we'll have one here. I'm going with a with a seven. Okay. Uh, for me... Like I said, absolutely love it. One of one of the best movies of the seventies. Are the most one of the most iconic stories in American history, especially for its time. Great performances, great directing, uh, great story, great screenplay. It feels real. It it's two hours and eighteen minutes. It it gets long. Yeah. Uh, it's got a couple sequences I don't like, and I've always not been a fan of it ending the way that it does with just pounding out on the typewriter like the rest of the story. If you read the book, it makes sense because things kind of really fell into place after then, but I still would have preferred, you know, maybe Titan sending other stuff up in the middle yeah. and figuring a way out. Maybe Hollywoodize it a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, but I can appreciate that they didn't. Um, I still love it. I still think it's the... 
along with Good Night and Good Luck, my favorite like a journalism movie, if you will, but a different kind of journalism. I'm gonna give it a nine. I knew you were gonna give it a nine. I wrote down that you gave it a nine. Well, aren't you special? So an eight for all the president's men. I think that's fair. It could be better, but you have bad taste. Um, In men. <laughs> ouch. So uh, schedule scheduling time. So we may have some some changes to the schedule with some some things going on here. So I will tell you. Uh, every movie for the rest of the year, uh, in no uncertain order, our next guest star episode with our friends, uh, the Andersons, Tim and Allie, will be coming up here in the next couple weeks. We'll be doing Love Actually with them. Um, our Christmas movie this year is Elf, which we'll be watching with Jillian. That actually might be next week's episode, if, if we're looking at it uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then you've chosen your birthday movie. We'll be watching the Cornetto Trilogy film... Hot Fuzz, uh, which I'm very excited to, to watch. Me too. And uh, we'll end the year, probably in a depressing way, with our um, your nominated movie, Snowpiercer. And then we'll do the Mullet Award nominations. I think, I think it'll be, I think it'll be empowering. What's it about, like the end of the world? I'm Every- not sure. I just really want to watch the TV show. Um... <laughs> so I want to watch the movie first. Then we do a, get to a wrap it up with Life Aquatic. Then I it's my birthday. So we're not going to get to the movie we're about to draw out until, uh, until February. February 3rd is oh when it's currently gosh. scheduled to be. Okay, what are we hoping for here? A fucking Batman animated movie. <laughs> I said it earlier. <laughs> it's not going to be. Alright, let's see. Because you don't know what it is. I do know what it is. What is it? It's going to be so weird. My Blueberry Nights. Oh, that's very, that's... you know what, that's very weird because I literally was just specifically looking at that movie upstairs. Really? Because I just bought uh, the very bad 90s comedy My Boyfriend's Back from my used record store. Uh-huh. And that's, that obviously, alphabetically, will go right after My Blueberry Nights, uh, which I've never seen. It, we, I had that big poster of it. We had a big it. ass poster of it in Nora your Jones one bedroom apartment. It. And I've never seen this movie. Oh, I'm excited then. All right, great. Ooh, I didn't know this was Wong Kar Wong. Who? Oh, Man. I really want you to read the box. Oh, redo the schedule. Give me a minute. <laughs> Figure out. Uh, Wong Kar Wai, who is a very famous uh, uh, Hong Kong filmmaker, who I'm getting confused with somebody else. Never mind. I've, I've I recognize the name. But yeah, Nora Jones, Jude Law, David Strathern, good night and good luck, Rachel Weiss, Natalie Portman. Very, uh, very interesting. The The cover is great because all three women look exactly the same on it. I don't believe this did well in any stretch of the imagination. No, but I really like Nora Jones. You saw this movie? I think I saw this movie, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you when I see this movie. I'm a big Nora Jones uh, musical fan. Great. Great, that always works out well for acting. Hey, you don't know until you know. As long as your performance isn't flat. Thank you for listening to this episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, to go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe to get your podcast. Make sure you go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others. Did I just say that again? Am I just a fucking broken record? At this I don't point? know. I don't listen to you. You need to listen to me, man. I should, uh, this was the other one I was going to do. I should have done that one. Um, Rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, in case I didn't say it. Wherever you get your podcast. Um, Rule of threes. Um, Patreon.com slash Arcade Audio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Married W Movies on Twitter. Married Movies at gmail.com. Listen to what you think of the show. 
For me, at your host, Mel38, on Instagram. For you. You forgot to talk about your pod blog. I'm doing that now, so you don't. Oh. At Jam With Your Sam. Thank you. Uh, Arcadeaudio.net slash podblogger for my retro wrestling diary. This week, SummerSlam 1995, a show that normally everyone hates um, because of the main event that's very, very bad because it's the year 1995. The rest of the show is very good. So read about that on my podcast. And then for the rest of the year, pretty much the entire fucking wrestling scene sucks ass. That's it for now. Anything else? Not from over here. God, I want a cigarette for many different reasons. Cool. That's the one problem with journalism movies. I always want a cigarette after I watch it. Well. I'll treat this pen like one. That's why we don't have any good pens. Oh, fuck. I shouldn't have done that. I really want a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a weirdo. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Flash the movies. I'm going to take a drag off my pen now. Fuck, I got ink in my mouth. (laughs) I'm kidding. It was a bit. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.